Hello. Yo, Isaiah, what's up, bro? <laughs> what's going on, man? <laughs> Let's hope this connection works this time. Uh, Dante's going to be on shortly, so we can just talk and show until he comes on. Okay. Yeah, I was just on the phone with Dante, so I sent him the okay. link, and I sent I sent you the link as well. But, but yeah, man, okay. I don't know. Like, yo, it's coming down, man. Yo, bro. Yeah, what's up, bro? Uh, yo, yeah, real quick. Yeah, Isaiah's on here too, Dante. Yeah, what's, what's going up, on? Bro? What's, what's up? up? Uh, you guys, you guys ready to get started on uh on March Madness, man? Because you know, you know, it's coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, how are you guys doing, real quick? Just before we get started. It's it I'm sounding good. Hopefully, the connection doesn't mess up this. Time. I know. Good. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. You guys are listening to Swoop Radio. Josh, Dante, and Isaiah are here. We are going to talk about March Madness, <laughs> and we are going to talk about the one and done being officially over or close to being over. So let's get started with March Madness. Yo, Dante, who do you got? Who, who's your sleeper pick right now for March Madness? Um, a sleeper pick, I believe, will have to go to UCLA. I mean, I believe this is a team that isn't respected. Um, beginning of the season, before the season has even started, they were in the headlines, you know, because of the whole Angelo Ball thing. Ah, uh, Angelo Ball, pardon me. The whole Angelo Ball thing, you know, whatever, everything that happened in that situation. So I believe this is a team that went slept on all season, that paid a lot of attention to. And, you know, just with that experience and – Aaron and, and Aaron Holiday and his presence and I just I that's one of my sleeper teams there. How about you, Isaiah? Do you have any sleeper teams? Um, well, I, I'm well. I mean, I wouldn't really call it a sleeper team. I mean, well, I mean, all right, if they win, it would be. But I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of like underdog teams, I guess. And apparently, you know, Chicago they just got him for the first time in 33 years. I don't have any kind of like faith that they're gonna do anything good or go far, but I'm gonna I'm gonna root for them anyway. Um, a team, a team I have that I, that's on my radar. They don't really get enough like respects. I mean, they're in the Atlantic Ten. Like it, it's not really a dominant conference, but it's not really uh, like a big name conference either. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. with the Rhode Island Rams. They are 15 and three. They're ranked 25th in the top 25. And the fact that I'm saying Rhode Island. <laughs> That's pretty much a sleeper <laughs> team right there. No one, no one expects Rhode Island to do good, but they actually have experience from last tournament too. Yeah, so, I, mean, I can, I can, I can. I'm, I don't mean to cut you off or anything like that, but I can understand where you can take Rhode Island. But the thing is, is really like, they, I really don't see them having that you know level of competition that they're gonna have to play in the March <laughs> tournament. Like you know, a team like Duke. I mean. A team like Arizona, if they were to play Arizona, a team like Villanova, like I really can't see them getting far for the simple fact that they never really played that level of competition on a consistent basis. Oh, oh, I know, I agree. That's why. That's why I said they're like kind of like my sleeper team, though. Like there's there's always there's always that one team that comes out of nowhere where people are like, like what, like how did this team get in there? And I mean, I mean, I'm I'm looking at a Virginia team right now. I mean, yeah, I know that they're the number one team and they have the best defense in college basketball. But can they score enough points uh, in the tournament? Because we we all know what happens in the tournament. You offense is really really struggle. 
And this team, this team has had has had games where they only had like forty five points. So, mm-hmm. Like, how do you feel about Virginia and as well as all the other number one seeds? I know Virginia is going to be one. Villanova, or Xavier, whoever wins out of them two, will be the number one seed. Like, like who do you think is a solid? Like, what are you thinking about? Like Virginia's chances in the tournament? Um, to be honest with you, I think they're slim to none. Um. I just think this is a team that got hot at the right time. Um, and, and it was still hot when Novus took those losses. Um, I really don't see them getting far inside the tournament. Um, it's just a personal opinion. And like Which I said, they struggle at times. And really, when it comes to March Madness and, you know, the intensity and, and just that level of competition, like <laughs> earlier, you can't have a bad day and expect to win. And and another team that's been rolling, that's been on fire, has been the Michigan Wolverines. This team, it always they always seem to turn it up. While uh, one yeah. uh, on tournament play, they won the Big Ten tournament this year again, similar to what they did last year. They've won nine straight. How how do you guys the feel second. about how do you guys feel about Michigan Wolverines? Um, God, I'll let you take it. Out. Oh, okay. I mean, I was just gonna say, uh, I'm not really surprised. Well, they they're doing pretty good. I don't think that they have what it takes to actually win in the end, but they're gonna make a good run for it if that makes any sense. How about you, Dante? Yeah, I, I I can definitely agree with Isaiah there. I don't. I personally don't see them making it past the Sweet Sixteen, if that. Maybe the uh, round thirty-two, if that. But I mean, they'll they'll make a nice little run out of it and make their games interesting. Oh, bro, Isaiah just got cut off again yeah i've been having a tough time connecting with isaiah today me and him just been testing this app out is there any way that we can get him connected without the recording finish um i i can try and give him a i I don't know i can try and give him a a phone call but (laughs) but um no but what is what is continue and i'll just try and resend him the link and see if he can come back on okay Oh, Isaiah's back okay. on. Hey, bro. Sorry, my, my connection broke. <laughs> <laughs> no, me and, oh. me and Dante are just talking about it. It's all good, bro. It's all good. We're just talking sports and having fun. Okay. But, um, I, but Isaiah, I know, you have a, I know you have a strong opinion about the one and done. We'll get back to college basketball in a little bit. But I just want to hear – I want to hear your opinion about the one and done rule. Do you think it should stay the same or do you think it should be um, changed? Um, I mean, I, I... – as a fan, I, I kind of wanted to stay because I, I just like the prospects coming in while they're hot. You know, I, I, I'm a big, you know, I like hype players. I like, you know, people build up their stories like Zion Williams. He's been getting hyped up since like high school, for example. And then he's officially about to start playing college. And then, you know, just like that, he's going to start playing, you know, in the NBA. So um, even with people like, uh, with like Sharif O'Neal and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of people that have been built up for a while. So, as a fan, I kind of don't want it to happen. But uh, just as a person, it makes a lot of sense because, uh, you know, people need to get their education to have something to fall back on. Um, a lot of people, when they finish, you know, their MBA careers, they'll have a degree in something. And if they want to pursue something else, they can do that, you know? Like, not everyone's guaranteed max contracts or big careers. So, it makes sense as a as a person. But as a fan, I kind of don't like it. But – that's just me. Yeah, Dante, you have anything to chime in on? Um, I mean, honestly, we've we've talked about this before, and 
me, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit with Isaiah. Um, I mean, I know I've said previously in our previous podcast that we've done at Cabrini is that it's really a choice that they make. And if they're not as successful and et cetera, that it's really there, like it's on them. They chose that, that, that decision. But I mean, it honestly, to me, uh, personal opinion, it takes the level of competition away in the NBA. I mean, we, we have to think about, you know, that these are kids that are, you know, hyped up all four years of high school and, you know, they're, they're throwing all of this publicity and, you know, that right there can just change the mindset of, of any, of any kid, you know, you have all of these people that are just, they looked at, they looked at as public figures on campus and then, you know, everybody's in their ear about their future and then when they don't be as successful as they're supposed to, when they reach that next level in their sport, whether it's football or basketball or baseball, whatever the case may be, and they're not as successful, then they look at it as their disappointment. Well, I, I personally, and we talked about this before, if you're going to do this one and done thing, it's still your decision. But I believe the NBA should, you know, the NBA and their or, and or NBA organization should have the rights and what they want their players to do, like how they do it in the MLB. You know, if they feel like you're not ready, they're going to keep you in college. Or if they feel that, you know, you're you're progressing and you're working and you're, ta- and you're taking notice and they're noticing, then, okay, we're going to put you in our D-League system. And depending on how you get there, we're going to call you up. Because, I mean, like you said before, Josh, there's really five players in every NBA draft that are ready. NBA ready because the NBA is a grown man league. And it just takes the level of competition away. You know, when, let's say you put, let's say you try and have Lonzo Ball guard LeBron James. Like, <laughs> it's really like there's no, like, level of competition right there in that matchup. You know, that's just going off an example. And, you know, another route that I suggested is, you know, you keep your NBA play, you keep these college players and have them do three years like the football side you got to have three years of experience before you can go into that next level of competition to enter the draft. Now, like, the only thing that I would add that would – I it, the only thing with three years that would probably hurt is, like, like in, in, like, the fan perspective of it, you have um, – I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, perspective, like, the NBA drafts, they won't be as, like, entertaining and stuff like that because you have older guys come in that – like, like Isaiah said, you have people that are hyped up since high school and you, in the NBA draft kind of gets this excitement that you have this kid coming out of like one year of college. He's ready. Like this kid is ready and he's ready to fulfill his dream and stuff like that. Now, how I feel about this whole now, topic, I, wait, I feel Josh, I'm like neutral with this topic. Wait, Only, Josh, can yeah, I ask you a quick question before you continue on to your point? Yep. We see these high school ball players get all this hype all this publicity and et cetera, right? But what happens when they go into the league and they don't fulfill what, you know, they're expected to be? What if they're, you know, like Andrew Wiggins, for example. Andrew Wiggins was getting compared to be the next LeBron James coming out of high school. Okay, he did good in college. He got drafted by the Cavs. He's the third option on that, on that, on that Timberwolves roster, roster right now. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I I completely agree. I was you know, I was just gonna. What happens to situations like that to these young kids that are so hyped up and so 
over exaggerated and they don't come out to be what they're supposed to be, then what? Yeah, and then just like how you said earlier, you were talking about how um it's their decision from from like what they want to do. If they want to come out into the NBA, that's on them. But my point that I've all I've always felt about this one and done situation is I feel like the kids should be in school for at least two years so they have something to fall back on. And 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 because we see a lot of these young kids, they come into the league, they're not ready. Just like how I said, there's there's probably about five NBA ready on average. If you take like the average of every draft, there's probably about five players on average in every NBA draft that are NBA ready. I mean, there's always those couple kids that get the hype and they're not ready. And there's always those couple kids that they they have the hype, they live up to the hype and they're ready. And they have nothing to fall back on once things come crashing down. And we see, like, for example, um, I'm trying to think of his name. I know I know the guy that was drafted out of Peyton. I know, I know I'm switching sports. But the guy that was dra- drafted after Peyton Manning, he went through this mental um, depression, and he went through all this stuff because he had nothing to fall back on. It was always football, football, football. And once mm-hmm. football didn't work out, he had nothing to fall back on. And then we saw him. There's, a, there's an ESPN 30 for 30 on him. He literally – he literally went through depression. He went, his life went spiraling downhill. And then he talks about how it was always football, football, football. He never had anything to fall back on. And that's what happens with these young kids. And I feel like the NBA, I think they're trending in the right direction in terms of entertainment standpoint. It's going to, like these next couple drafts, if they change the one and done, they're not going to be as hyped up as the old drafts are. But like, like, like Isaiah was saying, as a fan perspective, fans love it. Oh, wait, speaking of Isaiah, he's not connected anymore. Yeah, I know. Isaiah just – I know his connection on his house is bad. He keeps disconnecting. But um, I'll try and add him back on. Okay. But um, I was just – like, I mean, that's just my point about this whole topic. With, with the one and done, I feel like it's trending in the right direction. You see baseball have a farm system. I would like yeah. to see the NBA do that where they can have – talk to kids that are 15, 16 years old and have them play in the G League or play in a league that's smaller than the G League and help them develop. And if they don't turn out to work out, they have college to fall back on. But um, I'm about to send Isaiah the link now. Um, do you have a- Are you ready to talk about college basketball again? Uh, I mean, we were – I mean, honestly, the whole topic was on college basketball. We just had included the NBA a little bit. But um, I just I – just, okay, we got Isaiah back. Sorry about that. It's all good, buddy. Yeah, I continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Isaiah, you you missed my whole point about these young kids. They come into the league, like like what Dante was saying. They go through. It's like it's always basketball, 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 and they don't focus on anything else. And I feel like the NCAA is getting a is is like it's spiraling downhill because you have all these kids. They literally come to college just to play basketball for four months, and then they like screw college. I'm going to the NBA, and then that's what we're seeing now, problems with the NCAA. They're all in competition with one another. Like, the Arizona coach was just charged, like, he was caught spending over $100,000 just for recruiting a player. And then we also see the players are not happy either because they want to get paid. And and I believe that they should receive some form of payment, nothing crazy, but like uh, well, at least some form of payment for, for doing what they're doing, but the NCA right now the the system is all corrupt 
And I just think the the NBA is doing is taking the next step forward in changing that and either giving the kids the option to come to school for at least two years and getting some form of degree so they have something to fall back on instead of just coming into the NCAA, only playing for four months and then going to the NBA and either being a bust or not. That determines what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Well, I mean, all right. Well, just to touch up on something what you were saying with this whole one and done thing. Um, if they do decide on expanding this to like a three or four year thing, it, it's almost vital that they that the players get some sort of pay in this because a lot of players actually do want to go into the NBA and not stay in college. Uh, a big reason of that is because they're not really getting any money out of it. Um, so there does need to be some sort of funding coming into this. Um, I mean, uh, another. Can, I don't mean to cut you off. I think no, 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 the same case. We can make the same case for college football players. I mean, uh, and you're, you're exactly right. Who, who are coming from absolutely nothing to try and make a name for themselves. And we can all be honest here. I mean, football is a more violent, a more violent sport than, than, um, trying to see what I felt. Than, than basketball or any other sport. So we have these players who are risking their lives to try and make a name for themselves and they're not getting paid. I mean, no, you're, you're exactly right. And I think in any, not even just basketball, all the sports, if they, if it's sort of like a necessity to stay inside that sport for a college level oh, yeah, for multiple years, that they does I need to be some sort of payment for it, you know? Um, I, I don't know. Another thing I was also going to touch up on was that uh, a lot of players actually stay until their senior year. A lot of them, well, within recent years, I can't speak for all of NBA history, but hasn't been that successful in terms of the players who actually come straight out of college, if you, if you look at it. Like, all right, like players who stayed until their senior years, like Damian Lillard, Draymond Green, Jimmy Butler, players like that. But then um, they, they, they don't really have a lot of good company to go with them when it comes to kind of like that next level, like that all-star team franchise building level, like like who, like David Lee, David West, you know, kind of free people like that, where I'm looking at, is is Donovan Mitchell, was he a freshman when he came in or no? Uh, no, no, Donovan Mitchell, I believe. Didn't he, didn't he really play a couple did. years in college? He probably did. Yeah, he was at Louisville. I think he was a junior when he came yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He played in Louisville for a season, then he transferred. See. That's, that's See, what I, I, think, I think that would be, a, like, maybe not four years because a lot of people, like, for example, Denzel Washington, who had a lot of potential, who still does, but he hasn't really shown it, like, you know, like, when he was, like, his early years in um his, you know, Michigan State, where you got players like Donovan Mitchell who probably only stay, like, two or three years. I think that's okay, more. Just to give a quick update, Don, Donovan Mitchell played two years at Louisville. All right. Well, I'm like that's that's good to me. Like two or three years, I think, is enough time to kind of have that NBA experience. Like I like to use Joel, uh, not even Joel Embiid, uh, Ben Simmons as a perfect example for that, and hopefully Markel Fultz, where it's almost like yeah, they play one year of college, but a lot of people like the NBA commentators. I mean, yeah, they like freshman year of basketball. Yeah, and, and a lot of people like to use the excuse of saying, oh, they sat out their second year. But if you think about it in a mental way, it's kind of like almost like staying two years in college where you just have that two, those two years basically to develop your game. I think that's the appropriate time to. Oh, we lost him again. 
Just when you was making a, a absolute great. Value yeah, I, I know. Don, I know he was making an excellent point about Ben Simmons, and then he gets, and then he gets his connection, man. It's just it's only him because I I tested it out. With my friend Nick, it worked with Nick. It's only Isaiah that the problem's been happening. But I I, I understood completely what he was saying. Like it's usually that two year block is good for players coming I mean, out of college to come back. I, there he I, is. I, I, I know Isaiah, man. You made a great point too, man. I, I was listening to you, man. Yeah. Let's see. Just let's just let him finish his point. Yeah, finish your point, bro. Um. Well, well. I I don't know what the last thing you heard me say, but I, I just think that like two, three years. That's like a perfect amount of time for a player to get enough experience, and they can stay in their prime years, or you know, just their not their prime years, but their up building like younger years. Where compared to four, it seems like players that kind of have, like, this crazy potential doesn't have as much as it did when, like, yeah, I Yeah, they don't like have two, as much time as what you're pretty yeah. much saying. And I feel like two to three years probably gives them, still allows them to still have this huge hype and build up that people give them, and they can still develop their game to a higher extent, if that mm. makes any sense. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, just to add to your point, like, we saw Ben Simmons, he sat out a year, turned out to be the next big thing, and Bede sat out two years. You're seeing how Embiid's playing now. And then now Markel Fultz is sitting for a year. like. And to add to your point, Dwayne Wade, a lot of people don't realize this. Dwayne Wade played two years at Marquette. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade's um, had like- interviews about how, how he was a freshman. He was deciding whether to stay in college for another year or get or go to the NBA right away because he had the talent to go in the NBA right away. But Dwayne Wade – felt like he wasn't ready as a as a freshman in at Marquette. Then he ends up staying in Marquette for another year and then taking them to the Final Four. And then that's when he really blew up, and now you know how Dwayne Wade is today. Let, let's also not forget, um, Allen Iverson played two years of college basketball at Georgetown. Uh-huh. And, if I mean, if, if I wasn't around at the time, but if, if it's true, he didn't start his freshman year. Allen Iverson. Oh. He didn't start his freshman year, and he averaged 20 points a game mm-hmm. coming off the bench. So, I mean, I, I completely agree with Isaiah 100%. I mean, it, it, it takes more than just a year of experience under your, under your belt and to, to, to play at that, that, can, that level of consistency and show up night in and night out. Hey, you even got players who have a, a successful – can you guys still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Yeah. There, there's people who still have a successful college one-year um, career, like Jaleel Okafor, who wins a championship, and then they come into the NBA, and they do bad. Like, I, like something that I actually heard during his All-Star break is that people like to call this the rookie – like, I'm, I forget what they call it. It's like the rookie half or something of the season where they start getting tired. And it's like, well, maybe if they play two years, they will be maybe more used to, you know – that entire kind of like, I guess, you know, playing all those games. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm a strong believer in, like, repetition actually makes things a little bit better. So, yeah, I, I do think that even if you have a successful year in college or you have an unsuccessful, you still should stay at least, like, two years. But, yeah, um, do you guys want to talk uh, about – And uh, I mean, I'm not to cut you off or anything, guys, but Ray Allen played three years of college basketball before he actually got his time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, Dante, can you get a little bit closer to the mic? Yeah, I, I yeah. Can hear you a little yeah, bit, sorry. but yeah, sorry, sorry. 
Um, let's also not forget uh the great Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. He he had to come off the. I believe he didn't what. He came off the bench his first year. Yeah, his first couple years, Kobe Bryant yeah. wasn't really. You know, he that. had to wait his time and and let his game develop. So I mean, you know, I believe that all of this is just a. Is, is is just a great valid point by Isaiah, and I agree 100% with Isaiah. Yep, I agree too, Isaiah. You made a good point, man. You got to find a way to keep your connection on level, though. <laughs> <laughs> but um, real, real quick, you guys want to talk about the Sixers a little bit? I know Isaiah, me and Isaiah haven't really had like a Sixers podcast in a long time. I mean, yeah. let, let's, hit, let's hit it then, guys. <laughs> I mean, I, Isaiah, how are you feeling about the team right now, man? I'm, I'm, um... I'm I'm happy. Uh, I feel like we have all the talent in the world to s- stay successful. Like we have the potential to pr- pretty much like win almost every game of the entire season. My problem with the Sixers, though, is we're very, very, very inconsistent when it comes to winning games in the end of the game. Um, we can come in the game and and pretty much kill it. Like, blow someone out. Like, for example, there was a game earlier this year with the Golden State Warriors. We were blowing them out by, like, 20 or 30 points. And and then all the way up until the third and fourth quarter, these teams are like, all right, let's stop playing with them. And they just start going off on us. And we can't defend anything. We start taking stupid shots. We got players like Dario Sark and J.J. Redick trying to play hero ball. And it it just – I feel like we need to – we still have a lot more maturing to do. Like, we're starting to do better when we – like, we're starting to gain more veterans like Bellinelli, um, J.J. Redick, you know, all that stuff. But we still are missing – well, one, a key closer like Marco Fultz or whoever our future guard is that's going to be able to, you know, help score with us. Because I, I know J.J. Redick's good and all, but he's not that X factor. So I think Marco Fultz could be that, like some somewhat like a DeMar DeRozan or something like that, that could close for us. But we also lack a lot of maturity, I guess, though, where not really with A's, but just with uh, smart shots, um, when to pass the ball, when because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are phenomenal passers, yet they still average a lot of turnovers. They still take a lot of uh, stupid shots. So, it just it's going to take a lot more practice, still, if you ask me. Yeah, and and to add to your point, like Robert Covington, like I I literally, I was watching the game yesterday. I mean, he was hitting his shots, so I was I wasn't complaining at all mm-hmm. uh, last night. But um, when he's not hitting, like we see Ben Simmons pass it to him real quick, and he's taking a shot three seconds into the shot clock, or like like you said, Dario Sark takes a three point yeah. shot three seconds into the shot clock. I mean, when it goes in, we're happy, but when it doesn't go in, we're like. All you are, all you're doing is just giving teams more transition opportunities. Exactly, like and then, like, like, like we saw with the Bucks. Man. Yeah, it's like we have so much potential just to win literally every single game that we go into, but it's literally small things like that that mess us up. And that's just a part of a team that's growing and still trying to to get more experience in the NBA. But Dante, mm-hmm. do you have anything else you want to chime in on? Um, I mean. We're we're looking at a Sixers roster that is still young, you know. It's time this this team still needs that, like Isaiah. We need that X factor. We need that. We need that other twenty. I mean, twenty point twenty to twenty five point scorer next to Joel Embiid. I mean, a lot of times we rely on him to go and be our X factor and closer late down late in late stretches of the game. 
and it 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 get it gets kind of annoying, you know, when we're up tw- when we have twenty point leads and et cetera, and we just blow them. And you know, most recent game is the Milwaukee Bucks game. I mean, we had them by twenty points a few times, and we've had we had what ten plus turnovers in that third quarter. Yeah, you know? yeah, that, yeah. That Milwaukee game is a perfect example, like what you're talking about. We literally came into the game, scored 42 points in the first quarter. I'm like, man, this team, man, we're we're hitting it all cylinders. And then, but we also had 26 turnovers in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, it was probably the ugliest game I've ever seen in terms of like turnovers. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that just goes back to the point, you know, this team, besides us having two, like what Josh said on one of our recent podcasts, generational superstar talents and then beating Simmons, we still need that closure, like Isaiah said. Mm-hmm. We still need that X factor throughout the course of the game that we could we can rely on to go and finish the game. We do have Joel Embiid, but Joel Embiid, with all the talent in the world, he's not a closer. We need to mm-hmm. be honest with ourselves. Embiid is not going to go down the stretch of the game and close and, and close it. And if you we pay attention to our games when we have those tight games, when he goes to close our games for us, what's the first thing that happens? You know, he'll have a wide open jump shot at the top of the key or in the way for a three. He wants to do playing part of my language, the fucking dumb pump fake, two dribbles <laughs> and lose the ball on the way up. Or we give it to exactly. him in the, in the I mean, the I mean, I feel like block. I feel like Embiid. I feel like Embiid has potential to become one of our closers, but to be the closer, it's very hard to be a closer game in and game out. There's very few NBA players that have ever done that game like, in and game out. I mean, that's why those I, people are okay. the greatest of all time. But I feel like if you give a Mar, if Markel Fultz turns out to be like that complement guard that can give Simmons those extra couple assists and give the Sixers an extra 20 points or 15 to 20 points a game. Listen, I feel like that would be – that's pretty, pretty much the only piece that we're pretty much missing, in my listen, opinion. I got to be honest with you guys. Is there are, I would literally say, possibly four players in the NBA right now that can close out games on a consistent basis, and that is Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, I was just James Harden, yeah. And I'm gonna have to go on the limb and say Damian Lillard. I would give it to Steph Curry too. No, I said Steph Curry is my number one. Oh, oh, what, okay. about, what about Kyrie, bro? Yeah, I thought you said Kyrie first. That's what I was like. Wait. Okay. There you go. Five. All right. So there's five players in the NBA right now that can go in and close a game night, a game night in and night out consistently. In those five players, I'm gonna rename them again. You got Steph, KD, Kyrie. Damien and uh, Harden. Five mm-hmm. players, oh, those are, if you, and I argue with anybody, those are the only five players in the NBA that could go in night out and night, night in and night out and close a game for you. You ain't wrong. With no trouble. And, you know, people are going to say, well, what about LeBron? Or what about Russell? They think they're not close. Or what about those players? I'm sorry, but LeBron doesn't have that killer instinct in him. And I'm, although Russell does have the killer instinct, he's a turnover machine. He'll give you yeah, and he just players. chucks up shots. He'll still. also give you fifteen turnovers right next to it. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I can argue with anybody about that. There's only five people in the NBA that are legitimate closers. 
You hear that, folks? Anybody. So if for my viewers that are listening to this right now, once this podcast is finished publishing, if you if you disagree with that statement, I know there's LeBron fans always out there that's gonna say they come out of they come out of any anywhere, man. They're gonna say that LeBron James is a closer. LeBron is not a closer. He is he's one of those guys that will get you to the point, but he will not close out the game. He's had he has had Look, numerous finals of him to, not being able to, to get the job done. To, to That's one thing that LeBron Josh, is not. To sum to sum it up what Josh is trying to say is LeBron would dominate the whole fourth quarter, but he won't take the last shot that the game. He will not take the and, and, and don't get me wrong, he's closed the game a lot. Like he's done he's even done it this year, but just off be, uh, re, you know, just off of his history. When he was in Miami, he was not even taking the shot. He gave it to Dwayne Wade. No, even when in the either, finals, it was either going to be Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, or Ray Allen taking the last shot. In the, uh, exactly. Yeah, Ray Allen's the guy that, that saved his, pretty much saved him that one finals. And then the Cavs, like, who does he give the ball to? Kyrie, Kyrie Irving always closes the game. Always. He, yeah, he, so, closed, I mean, he closed the other NBA Finals game. He, he closed yeah. 2016 Finals. Kyrie hit the three. LeBron didn't hit the three. Kyrie did. Although let's exactly. not let's not forget LeBron kept them in that game. Yeah. With the big block and the two three or the um the one three in the wing. And then I think it was the very next play, he got fouled shooting the three. Um, but I want to say Festus Azili off the switch, off the pick and roll. He kept them there and with the big block, I don't know if I it, uh, said that already, but it was Kyrie who took the last shot. It was Kyrie who hit the big jumper and that that statement in Steph's face. It wasn't LeBron. You know, he did. There's really very few players who have that killer mentality, that Michael Jordan mentality or that Kobe Bryant mentality. Very few players. And besides those five players, and I understand we can all say LeBron's the greatest player in the world right now. He's the greatest generational talent that we've seen in, in our age bracket, but he doesn't really have that killer instinct. Yeah, and that, you pretty much nailed that point right there, Dante. You want to get back to college basketball, or are you ready? Are you want to talk about anything else? Um, it's up to you guys, but I mean, we need to get Isaiah back on. Oh man, Isaiah <laughs> <laughs> went off again. Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard me say? <laughs> um, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah. Dante, Dante, pretty much just nailed the point about how LeBron isn't really like a closer. He doesn't really have that that closer that closer mentality that Kyrie has or like Kobe Bryant, yeah. Michael Jordan. So just as some of what I was about to say, I was just saying that I, I think Marco Fultz pretty much has the potential. Like, like, you know, like, close, like, the five people that Dante Lachino, like, Harden, Curry, all of them. Um, and just off based off of history, the Sixers have an amazing um, training uh, squad pretty much to, you know, turn players coming from college off of that one year and they sit them out and then they come out and they're phenomenal players. So I, I do have a lot of hope for uh, Marco Fultz. I think a lot of people are juicing it when they say that he lost his shot because nobody loses their shot. He's just trying something new. And you guys are basing off of what you see off of the videos. But um, and just I, I think – I don't mean to cut you off, but just to give you some more depth, uh, since our 2012 picks, I believe, since our, twi- our first-round picks in 2012, they've all set up this year. Mm-hmm. Only one that really hasn't panned out to be was Jaleel Okafor. 
And that's because Jalil Okafor is the type of player where he has to play in a half-court system, a half-court offense, and a half-court defense. And really, he's not a true five. He's a true four because of his his lack of ability to play defense. I think Marco Fultz is going to be crazy when he he comes in. I hope so. It's going to be be fantastic. I don't think – I think he's going to play a little bit like Kyle Lowry probably. You know, still getting used to the system, but I think he's gonna eventually down the road. He's just gonna he's gonna explode. And I, I think. Yeah, and then another thing, real quick, with the Sixers is I, I'm really starting. I'm the more and more I watch this team grow, the more I'm happy the way how Dario Sark has has found his role in the Sixers offense. I really. He's mm-hmm. he's starting to turn into a good solid role player. Like he, you know, you know, he's already, he already has over fifteen points a game. Like he's mm-hmm. turning into a good solid role player, especially for his role. His role, he yeah, he, does, he doesn't get any love though because you have Embiid, you have Ben Simmons, you have Fultz, you have all these other big name guys that Dario Sark really gets slept on. Hey, you know what, Josh? You know why I you, I'm not gonna say he doesn't get any love because out of the Simmons and in B jerseys, I'm the one that went and got a Dario Saric jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that. Remember that was the same one I wore for my birthday when we had all went out. Yeah, no, and, like and, and here's a point I have for you. Like, what has Brogdon done this year? <laughs> Nothing. Not, 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 like, we were like we're literally seeing Saric progress. He's getting better than what he was last year. What has Brogdon done this year? Sit the bench. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, like I, I feel like he, Stark really got snubbed from that rookie of the year, but but this rookie class this year is far better than last year's. I mean, I understand why he got snubbed because it was between when when it comes to voting, you have two players and competing for one role. That the votes are kind of going to be, you know, split. So it was kind of split between. Oh, no one knew who should I vote between uh, Joel Embiid and Sark. So the votes were all over the place. But if I, I guarantee if it was just one of them in that race, then they would have won it over Brogdon. Ima- imagine we have two players in one organization and everyone's voting for those two players, where with the Bucks they just have one solid person and everyone just voted that one person. Yeah, that makes sense. But, um, I mean, look, I'm, guys, I'm not really upset that he didn't win Rookie of the Year. I'm not upset about any of that because for the simple fact is that we all knew what his future was going to turn out to be, and we all knew what Malcolm Brogdon's future is gonna, has turned out to be. Malcolm at the bench. Look, 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 at, look, at, look at what the Bucks are doing. And then you look at our side of the things, look at what the Sixers are doing. We've progressed. We're getting better day in and day out. We're 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 in the sixth seed and only half a game from the let's be honest, half a game from the fourth seed. The the Bucks are in the seventh seed right now and they're actually kinda competing with, with both the Pistons and the Heat to even keep that spot right now. Because yes. the Bucks right now are potentially about to lose out of the playoffs right now. They're about to be eighth seed, which is kinda funny, but yeah. <laughs> And and to this day, I real I, I I'm a firm believer. I love that Heat deal that they got Dwayne Wade back. He he is a Miami Heat player, and he's he's actually been playing really well with the Heat. Yes, he's he been back, and he's coming off the bench. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat goes to the second. <laughs> Isaiah uh, says Isaiah uh, says second round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait for him to come back. 
But yeah, but yeah, I, I know you want to hit the the March Madness tournament the so, topic. Yeah, well, in the March Madness topic, the question I have that's, that I'm going to have for you and Isaiah is your your March Madness winner and one reason why. All right, my bad. Can you just repeat that real quick? Um. Oh, since we got Isaiah back, I'll yep. definitely repeat it. So the March Madness topic, I have a question for both of you. Okay. You have to pick your 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 tournament winner and one reason why they're going to win the tournament. Josh, you <laughs> go first. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Tournament winner. This is tough, man, because it's just so hard. Because <laughs> there's so <laughs> many teams. I can I can go in so many different directions because – but I, I'm going to go with, um, hmm. I feel like Josh is going to say Nova. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Villanova. I, I feel like Villanova has the potential to go far, but we all know how they are when they play against elite competition. I I mean, they have two of the best players in in the in, in all of, in, in all of college basketball right now. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I know. They, they have a solid core, but the problem I have with Villanova is when their shots aren't hitting, they're like they rely on the three point shot a lot. Definitely a lot. Well, I mean, if you think about, it, I can give you one real quick. Um, just just based off of pure bias, I'm rooting for uh, Michigan State just because I like that team. Um, I, I think that they're they're pretty solid. They're going to do pretty good. I don't know if they have the chances to win, but I hope they will. I mean, I mean, right now, yeah, right now, like Michigan State, they do have a good, solid team. They are mm-hmm. they're, they're ranked fourth in the nation. But mm-hmm. um, I'm probably well, gonna go with. Uh huh. I'm I'm just double. I'm looking through everything. Well, while you're looking through, I already have my my team already picked. All right, who do you got? I'm I'm gonna go with Arizona for the simple fact that if you ask, they got the best player, and that they got the best player that's gonna go into the NBA draft. They have the experience, and they they have you know a Trier when Arizona was there last year, and they lost. So I be, and if you ask me, he's he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, and Sean Miller now he has even big of a bigger chip on his shoulder because he's put a bigger target on his back ever since the allegations came out and the audio and the audio piece came out of him giving you know DeAndre Aiden a hundred thousand dollars. That sucks, and, man. And if you ask me, Andre De, uh, Andre Aiden is the best player right now. I oh, mean, DeAndre Aiden is amazing, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's been on fire. Offensively and defensively, he's. If you ask me, he's he's the best player to come that's going to come in this draft. Yeah. All right, so I I got my team. I think I'm ready. <laughs> Took me a little bit. I'm 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 going to go. I have two teams that I think that. But you have to go with one. You have I'm to go yeah. with one. I'm going with one. You guys are probably going to hate me, <laughs> but I'm going to go with. I think I think Duke is going to find a way to win this one. Really? Think, yeah. Even though even though I can't I can't stand Duke. I'm not a Duke fan, but there's just something about like this team. Like they're ranked fifth in the nation right now, and they have a good solid core of players. And I think last year. The way how they lost in disappointment last year, they lost to South Carolina. I think this year that they're going to have a chip on their shoulder, and I think that they're going to go far this year in the tournament. So they got uh they got Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marvin. They're they're doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They That's got, they got yeah, they got they Brad, got uh, Marvin and they got Wendell. Yeah, 
Yeah. Marvin the one though. I also do have Grayson Allen too. Yeah, like it's Grayson Allen's senior year. You have like that that's just I just feel like last year's disappointment for them is gonna elevate them even more. Cause we, we see like I believe the year they won with Okafor, the year before they lost to Mercer in the, in the second round. round of the tournament. It was the first round. Yeah, first round. It was the first round. They lost to Mercer. So like this this team's had a history of when they struggle, they come back and they they dominate hard. Cause I mean, you can you can think about it. Like you have the Big Twelve, you have Kansas, but the Kansas Kansas is a good solid team. They have the talent to win it, but I'm not really a believer in them. Yeah. Like Texas Tech, like they they never been here before. I'm not expecting them to go far. Mm-hmm. You have West Virginia and that press team, but can they score enough points when they face the hot teams? No, I don't think so. And you got Xavier, who's well-coached, but them and Villanova, they're well-coached. But when they take on high-powered teams, do they do they have a shot? Like, I, I feel like Villanova had, and Xavier, they both have the talent to do it, and they both have the great coach to do it. Well, but, I'm going to be honest with you, um, and it it's pretty much of an, a biased opinion because um, one of my good friends, Damir Cosby Round, she plays for Nova. He's a freshman there. I hope okay. they do. Get, I hope they do get there, and I hope they do win it. But I mean, if you know, if I had to go with my second team to pick, I would go with Villanova for the simple fact that you know they do have that offensive talent. They have two of the best players in all of college basketball, and they have good depth coming off the bench and Cosby Roundtree and um, Dante Divincenzo, who's a Delaware native. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I, I I I like Nova's chances and no. Oh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I know I know Dante Divincenzo, man. He dropped thirty on on Concord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Divincenzo has been hot. And when I was in high school, I never played against him, but uh, we've played in the same tournaments, and I've seen him playing. And the white boy can play. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I, I have high hopes. I think I think it would be great. I like Nova. I like Nova a lot, and they, I'm not. I'm well, not be surprised if they do it again this year. Repeat that one more time. I'm sorry. I said I will not be surprised if they do it again this year. I hope so. I hope so. And Jay writes my man. Yeah, I know. I, know. I hope Villanova. I am. I am rooting for Villanova too. I just don't want to sound biased because we. I am around the Philadelphia area, so that's why I didn't want to pick Nova. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna lie. I did think you was gonna say Nova. <laughs> I definitely did. Just one thing I want to bring up because actually just just based off of me doing some research while we we're talking, something that's super interesting is that this is going to be like the first draft in a long time that like the first 10 picks or at least the first five at least all look like really like different. Like we got a mixture of like Memphis and Phoenix, Dallas, Sacramento, Atlanta, like those teams. Like I'm used to seeing like the Lakers and the Sixers and Knicks up there. Yeah, we have yet to see like yeah, definitely like a different ordinary team. Yeah, I, I like that. Like this is really different. This even Chicago. Oh man, Cleveland has another high pick. But anyway, but uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be an interesting draft this year. An interesting uh, freshman class. I think that 
I think that the one that we have currently with Tatum and all of them, this is going to be one of the, this is going to be that big blockbuster one that we haven't had in a very long time. Like I know people usually overhype these draft classes, but I have a lot of faith in this one. I, I like um, a lot coming into this draft class. I agree. But this next one coming up also has a lot of good big men, which is going to be very interesting because right now the uh, NBA is going back into this era. It's setting up for this era of big men again because we're used to seeing this point. It used to be big men, and then those point guards, and I think it's slowly transitioning back into big men. You know, um, with- yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to add to your point, like the reason why it's transitioning into big men now is because now we're starting to see big men now do – Things that th- that guards can do, they can shoot out yeah. out of the three. Like we see it with Porzingis and yeah. Cousins. Cousins has yeah. to go up the three point shot before his Achilles tear. Anthony Davis yeah. can even hit the three point shot sometimes. So and now we're seeing we got... all these big men now. They then now they're finally they're able to shoot the three now, and they can do things that a guard can do. Exactly, and we got big men like DeAndre Ayton, Jaron Jackson, um, uh, Bagley. Uh, we got the guy from Texas. I forget what his name is. Oh, Bamba. Bamba. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a really big man heavy draft, I think, um, with, you know, the big names. But it's going to be interesting uh, next few years. So we'll see how this goes with this whole one and thing as well. But this should be good. I agree with you guys 100%, man. But uh, do you guys have any other topics you want to talk about? Are you ready to wrap this up? Well, I think uh, I, I'm good. Yeah, I think we, yeah, I think we we've hit everything. We hit it hard. I think we can wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, I know we hit a lot of topics today. We did. We talked about the Sixers. We talked about the NBA one and done. Isaiah's finally his connections finally looking like it's stable now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is Swoop Radio. Uh, Josh Sanchez here. Isaiah and Dante all came out. We talked about the Sixers. We talked about LeBron not being a closer. Talked about basketball, who we March Madness, who we thought was going to be our pick. If you guys have any agreement or disagreement, feel free to call into the station. This is the start of something special for Swoop Radio. Check us out on YouTube at Swoop Podcast, on Instagram at Swoop Podcast underscore. Hit up Dante, hit up Isaiah. They both have anchor profiles as well. Hit them favorite buttons for them. And yes. this started something special. Thank you guys for coming out. Of course, we all have to give a quick swoop, real quick. Of course, man, it started something special, man. Yeah, whoop, swoop. <laughs> but all right, guys, have a good one. Be safe out there, man. The snow's coming all down. Right, guys. All right, man. Yes,